to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. He's been very personal with it, and I think that helps, knowing that he's a personal God and he cares about our stories. And if we can put on the lenses that he's involved and with us, instead of switching it into like offense and anger and accusing him of the circumstances, um, then we can find joy in our circumstances, even when they're hard. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, I am so glad that you are joining us for this week's episode, and I cannot wait for you to get to meet my guest today. Christy Farrow is joining us this week, and I got to know Christy back over the summer through a book study that we did here at Rising Above. And now she's part of the community group that I get to lead each week. And Christy has faced so many challenges here recently with her children, and yet she is one of the most positive and joyful people that I know. Christy's a homeschool mom, and she and her husband, Shane, are missionaries with YWAM in Kansas City. I am always so encouraged when I talk to Christy, and I suspect that you will be as well after you get to hear from her today. So here's my friend, Christy Farrow. Hey, Christy, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast today. I am excited for our listeners to get to meet you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you and I met, goodness, back in the summer. Yeah. I think it was in the summer. It was after By the Brook, and you started coming to the Get Your Life Back um, book study that we were doing. And I met you there and just fell in love with you (laughs) from that group. Um, It was just so, you were just so, um, such a light every time you'd come into those meetings. And then I was so glad because then you signed up for the Wednesday group that I lead. And so I got to get to spend more time with you every week. So that's kind of cool. Oh, thanks. (laughs) It's been such a blessing. Well, it is so, it's so fun. And, you know, I always love finding, like, finding out, like, how in the world did you even hear about Rising Above back when you, you know, you joined in with our groups and stuff? How did you even hear about us? I heard about By the Brook on an Instagram post from SOAR, actually. Okay. In Kansas City. Yeah. And so I was like, this sounds great. I'm going to sign up for the events and... From there, I just got to know you guys, and it's been so nice. You are just part of our community for sure, and it's Aww. it's a joy. So, okay, so you live in Kansas City, in the Kansas yep. City area. So tell us about your family and a little bit about what you guys do. Okay, we are originally from Canada. We came to Kansas City to work as missionaries with YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. So we've been here nearly 11 years, actually. Wow, came, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. It's when our first son was like four months old that we came down for some staff training. So we have three kids. My husband, Shane, and I have been married for, I think, 18 years now. (laughs) Who's Um, counting, right? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, three kids. We have an 11-year-old, Noah. He is just a delight. Life has not been dull one moment since he Mm. arrived uh, he loves history. He loves reading. He loves people. Um, then we have Owen. He's seven. He loves to play tag and be silly and build Lego. He's probably my most chill child one-on-one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a delight. And then we have Olivia. She's five. She started kindergarten. Aww. She wants to have a bakery when she's older. 
She loves pigs. She's hilarious. She loves pigs and wants a bakery. Okay. Yep. <laughs> those, those are some good goals to have at five years old. So, right. You know, there you go. <laughs> well, I know you said you are originally from Canada. Yes. How in the world did you end up in the States? We came to the U.S. to work with Youth with a Mission, YWAM, here in Kansas City. We had returned home from our discipleship training school that we had done found out we were having our first baby, worked a few more months, and then a base started here in Kansas City. And our school leaders, um, where we had done our DTS in Kona, they had moved here and said, would you come and help with this school? And so we thought we were coming for six months to help out with a new YWAM base. And here we are still here 11 years later. Oh my goodness. So tell us a little bit about YWAM and what you do um, there in the area where you live. Okay, yeah. Uh, Youth with a Mission is like a global movement of Christians from many cultures, age groups, Christian traditions, dedicated to serving Jesus throughout the world. So the main, the main thing that we have on our burning on our hearts is to know God and to make Him known. And so we specifically here, our family has our own little, um, our own mission statements mm-hmm. of to engage the body of Christ, to encourage, equip the body of Christ unto the great commission. And so that's our desire. And so whatever season the Lord has us in, as long as we're under the umbrella of engaging, equipping the body for the ultimate goal of the Mm -hmm. great commission, that's we're in. (laughs) And this season happens to be that the Lord directed us to work with YWAM. So here we disciple, we live on campus. So we live in a, an apartment here on campus and do life with staff and students that are here. Discipleship is a huge component. Um, We don't have quite as much um, interaction with the students because we do a little bit more with the staff. My husband Mm -hmm. is on staff services and admin and just helping the campus run so that schools can come and go and uh, go as in to the outreach locations. Mm -hmm. So we have lots of people bustling around the campus at different seasons. My kids know that there's always people outside the doors. They open their door and they can go outside and see people. And it's been fun because they don't know any other life. Mm. For me on a daily basis, it looks like homeschooling three children mm. inside my apartment and then my interactions outside with base life. That, that That's a lot. Homeschooling, you know, being, and then having all these other people around you, you know, have, so you said your kids, that's just kind of what they know. So how is, have you seen that um, impact their day-to-day, you know, being there on campus, being with other people um, and just make that, that that's part of your life? There's, there's so many blessings. And then there's also hard parts too, you know, Um, I think my kids have gotten used to over the years saying hello and saying goodbye to so many people. Students come and go every six months, staff often make a commitment for maybe two or three years and they they get to know the staff a lot more. And then it's some of them are very, very it's some sometimes very, very sad when they leave. Mm, yeah. You know, so they are so blessed to have like an extended family because being here means we're far away from our families. Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge sacrifice for our family. Yes. But the Lord has given us the body and believers here like an extended family. And mm-hmm. they're just so blessed with so many fun relationships and big sisters and brothers and aunties and uncles. That's sweet. And so many different cultures, which is so fun. Oh, 
that's that, and that just feeds into everything you're doing. You know, I'm sure that's interesting with your homeschool life. You know, oh, yeah. maybe educationally and and um, just helps you maybe on on your with all your responsibilities maybe as well um, too. So yes, it's been a delight. Well, I know just because I've been friends with you now, going on you know six months or so, you have had quite a year. Um, quite a journey. It seems like often when we would talk, you would be, I think there was one week, I can't remember how many doctor's visits you had in that one week, but it was insane. Yes. The running back and forth. <laughs> so unpack that a little bit for us and and whatever you want to Good. share about what's been going on um, this past year with you. Sure. Yes. Well, about 18 months or so, not quite two years ago, we were going through a time where we were having a lot of challenges with children and behavior and just needing more answers. And I was sort of to the desperate prayer mode, like point of like, oh, Lord, you you need to guide me. I need some answers. And I was headed to a homeschool conference and Toby Mac's song came on the radio, Help is on the Way. And I was like, yes, help is on the way. And I was pretty desperate. And so the Lord really met me by connecting me with an occupational therapist that loves the Lord and is local. We started talking and that was our first big step. The Lord kind of gave me the picture of like a pond with lily pads. And every step that I took was going to be the next like leap to the next lily pad. Mm. And I was so scared to take that first leap. Um, And the Lord just set up each jump that I had to make in his perfect timing. And that first one was that big leap to the occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. And we did an evaluation with two of our kids and started talking about sensory processing challenges. And and that was our first thing. And I felt like we suddenly came into a world where we were learning brand new language, Mm -hmm. things that we never knew. And it made a lot of sense with our kids. So that was kind of our first step. Uh, And then it kind of shifted a little bit about maybe five months into it. Suddenly I was thinking about things like, well, auditory processing, like this kiddo, I think he can hear me, but sometimes it's not processing quickly or if we're, I'm giving the same instruction over and over, things like that. And so I decided let's go forward with an auditory processing evaluation just to see. He had a normal hearing test. We got in for the evaluation and that was six to eight weeks later and suddenly we see a hearing loss. So now our story started to shift from some of our like questions about behavior and just different things to more of a medical side of it. Um, so we took a little segue into the medical world for the last few months yeah. and um, found out that that was Owen, that my middle boy, that he had had a sudden hearing loss in one ear and we did not know why. So that led us to kind of discover, let's try some different options to see if we could figure out why. Let's have an MRI, let's check genetic testing, let's do all these things. So fast forward the story a couple months, I'm outside with my kids, it's June 20th. I blew up the pool and they're playing outside and I get a call kind of forgetting that I was waiting for genetics news Mm. around then. And that was a day that I will never forget. So we found out news from our awesome genetics counselor that was not, um, it wasn't hearing related specifically, but they had found something else in, Mm. in the results. And we found out that Owen and my husband, Shane have something called long QT syndrome that day. That was totally 
did not, we had no idea. Um, what it is, it's like a heart rhythm disorder that can cause potentially fast, chaotic heartbeats. And it is, it can be life-threatening. Mm. It can cause like fainting, seizures, even sudden death. And so uh, that was very shocking news that night. Um, and so that led us the next few months to the world of cardiology and electrophysiology, uh, testing our other two children. And uh, so we waited again a second time for more genetic news and found out that my oldest son, Noah, also has long QT syndrome. So then we were into the world of like figuring out how to remember to carry the AEDs around everywhere we oh go goodness. and wow. all of these things. So in the right in the same week that Noah got his news that he too had long QT syndrome, uh, he had gone back up the story to April. He had had a hearing test as well because when no Owen lost hearing so suddenly, they wanted all the kids tested, mm -hmm. normal hearing test. But she mentioned, like, let's, the audiologist mentioned, let's just go ahead and just check them for auditory processing as well. And so in the summer, we ended up doing that and um, knowing that he needed some therapy with auditory processing. But he also had an abnormal hearing test that day. Mm. Also, they thought maybe it was just focus or who knows. So let's try it again in a couple of weeks. So the same week that he found out about long QT syndrome, he had that second hearing test. And it again was abnormal. And so then his journey started to take a twist with getting hearing aids and all this such stuff. So both, it's very perplexing to all the mm -hmm. doctors we've been yeah. dealing with, how two kids can go from normal hearing, rec recorded yeah. normal hearing to hearing loss within six to eight weeks. So it's been a wild time. Yeah. Fast forward a few more months and I had taken Olivia, my daughter in to the pediatrician and thought, oh, she's my least complicated of them all in the yeah. story medically this year. And he heard a heart murmur that day, thought it was probably innocent, got into cardiology. And sure enough, we found out a congenital heart defect. So that was just wild that in six months, mm -hmm. four out of five of our family members have had yeah. a, cardi a cardiac condition diagnosed. It's just wild. And, you know, anytime things like that happen, you know, anytime that you know, our kids are struggling or we get a new diagnosis or something like that is going on, you know, it is so hard on our mama's heart, you know, so yeah. what's that been like for you this year? I really have felt the grace of the Lord. Mm. I have felt carried by him so much. And that first six weeks of that news, I felt like extra supernatural grace. Mm. And that night when I first found out on June 20th, everyone went to bed and I kind of went into like, I got to figure this out mode. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have no idea what this is. I need to research. I need to figure it out. How serious is this? You know, and I, I sat on the couch and I journaled and I cried and I was like, Lord, you've known this from, from the beginning of their lives and you happen to reveal it to us now. And I... I don't want to fear. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to change the course of our lives in fear or anything. And so that was kind of a stake in the ground moment for me of like, I do not want to lose sleep over this. Mm. You hold them, you know, their yeah. days, you have numbered them. I am choosing to surrender my kids to you. And that, well, that was a big moment. And that continues to happen, you know, over, yeah. over time, but choosing to surrender my kids and know that he is writing their stories but it is a challenge on the mama heart when you just yeah. see them. 
they've been such troopers mm-hmm. and you see them go through so many things. Yeah. That's been, that's been tough, but I feel like he has led me mm-hmm. so well in figuring out when you're in what mode, like research, get it done mode, or right. it's time to stop and process mode, or today mm-hmm. you need a good cry yeah. or, you know, like there's so many yes. moments of different grief that mm-hmm. you need to process through. And I really feel like he's led me so graciously. So when you have those moments, those what ifs and those moments that that happen, it sounds like, you know, you you had your stake in the ground moment, but what do you do when those fearful thoughts or those what if thoughts start coming into your mind? What do you do when that happens? Thankfully, they don't generally happen in the night. I'm so grateful that I don't lose sleep in the night over thinking about the what ifs. Um, I really try if I find myself starting to think that way, just to mm-hmm. surrender it back to the Lord. I mean, when you're when you're discussing it with so many different care providers, you know the severity is mm-hmm. there, the potential, you know. Right. And so we recently were approved to be part of this awesome program that in order to be part of it, uh, you have to have a life-threatening medical condition. Mm-hmm. And when uh, we got the approval, that was another one of those moments like, oh, wow, like we actually were signed off by a doctor to be part of this program mm-hmm. means something serious, yeah. you know? And then we have little shirts that came in the mail for it and I put it on and that was a mama wow moment for me. Like I was, the kids had been in rest time and I put the shirt on and I just had to sit and have a cry mm-hmm. knowing like I actually can wear this shirt because yeah. this is actually applicable to our family right now. But it was like one of those like, wow, I can actually wear this shirt. This mm-hmm. is like, I need to actually take in this moment and not yeah. just quickly take the shirt off and carry on with my day. But mm-hmm. I need to sit and have a cry to realize yeah. that this is a moment of grief, you know, mm-hmm. and total blessing because it's going to be a wonderful program for our family. So I feel like you have to almost not separate things, but sometimes I have to talk in a way that just explains what mm-hmm. we're going through in the reality of it, yeah. even with our kids. like. For them to go, do I have a life-threatening medical condition? Mm. And then talk it through, that yeah. talking it through what they, you know, what it is, mm. the potential, but ultimately going, we rest in the Lord. He holds your heart. Mm. We don't know why this is part of your story. Maybe you will never, ever experience yeah. any of the arrhythmia associated with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you carry around an AED if, like, as part of the story, maybe, the Lord put it a part of your story, and one day you'll be walking down the street with your AED. Somebody else's story collides mm-hmm. with yours, and yeah. you need to use your use your AED on them. You know, we don't know, we don't know, right? But the Lord has been gracious to just lead us of like, okay, we want to stay in faith, mm-hmm. but we also really want to know about this and be realistic about it. And mm-hmm. so it's walking both of those. Like the Lord's hand is over them, and He yeah. ultimately has numbered their days, and I choose to surrender them to Him. That's beautiful, Christy. And I think so often, you know, like I was just listening to you talking about kind of sitting in it. You know, you you get this news, you put the shirt on, and it's kind of like, I think a lot of people would just push it aside and like, you know, that's honestly, that would have been the old me would have just said, I'm not dealing with this. This may be my reality, but I don't want to look at it. But I think it's so helpful when we can just sit and and really spend some time with it and and realize the ramifications that could come from this, but yeah. how you've also shifted that to go, no, but God, they are yours. You yeah. have numbered their days. And I think so often we think we have all this control, you know, right. like, you know, 
that we can control these situations, but the reality is we can't. And so I love no. the way that you um, have have already, how you do process through that. And then what a gift that is yeah. um, to hear you talk about that. Then, then what a gift that is for your kids to yeah. see you model that for them. One thing that's been incredibly helpful is we have a prayer room nearby and every Sunday night I block off like two, three hours and I just go sit in the prayer room. Mm. I journal, I cry. I, I, The team that's up there probably sees me in the audience. They're just sitting and crying mm-hmm. most Sunday nights, especially this year, knowing that I'm just processing so much and mm-hmm. so much can happen in one week yeah. that if you don't have time as a busy mom to sit and actually process it, it can all build up or just you never fully got to process your heart about something because then something new came up, you know? Right. So that's right. been really helpful for me to journal and to cry <laughs> and be at the prayer room. Yeah. And and so you found for you what's going to help you process yeah. through. And I think that's so important. Whatever, whatever that looks like for each one of us to to be able to do. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in journaling, which cracks me up to say because I used to hate journaling, but it really is just such a, a cleansing way to pour out your heart to God yeah. and and get it out. Yes. And I, I'll often say, I've just got to go journal this out. You know, I've got yes. to go, it's all here in my head, and I've got to go journal it out. And it's like that release. Yes. Um, and brings that that freedom. And I know just in this conversation that we've had, and I know from talking with you, you know, you have seen God show up time and time and time again. Yeah. Especially in this most recent um, season that you guys have been in. So how? what are some some God stories that you have experienced through these challenges? Oh, I just feel like there's this Christmas song. It's called Noel from Chris Tomlin. And there's a line in it that says, come and see what God has done. And I am just loving that this season as I reflect on the year of like, you can see all these hard things and you can either focus there or you can switch and go, wait, like how has God totally Mm -hmm. come through for us and been so faithful for us to us this year? And one thing was um, 18 years ago, my husband had this time. I was um, just about to finish a clinical. Um, I was in a nursing school at the time and I did I had the day off and I was sleeping and I woke up to this thud noise. And I looked over on the side of my bed and there's my husband having a seizure. On oh the floor. my goodness. And it started us into this crazy season of like figuring out neurology and epilepsy and t- took his drivers away and affected all kinds and meds and all this stuff. Now, fast forward 18 years, we're in the neurologist office here in Kansas City a few months ago, talking about this new news of the long QT and realizing that putting pieces together, it's it's actually very unlikely that that was actually epilepsy and neurology Um, and far more likely that that was long QT and a cardiac thing back then. And just that was a big wow moment for us because we're like, wow, God, you intervened over and over. Mm -hmm. You saved Shane's life over and over again. And we had no idea what was even happening. And so I look back this year and go, you are so faithful. You could have, I don't know why God chose five months Mm -hmm. (laughs) or five or six months to reveal four different people's 
heart history mm-hmm. that were a I mean, he could have told us five years ago or 40 years ago, you know. Right. Um, but I also am looking back going on the good what ifs, like, well, if we knew stuff, would we have taken that leap of faith? Would mm. we have left home yeah. and come to a different country and been missionaries if we would have known something like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. And I even look back and go, look at the care we're getting. Like, we've had such good care. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful. Like, quick appointments, um, just great care providers. We have not left, like, any doctor's appointments this year going, like, that was awful and mm-hmm. they're not nice. Like, we've had such good care providers, so much kindness to our children. And uh, we have had, do you want to hear the number of how many appointments? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, do. I, I know it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we have had 189 medical appointments. Oh, my goodness. In 2022. In 2022. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You've spent more time at the doctor's office than you have at home. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, my word. It's been wild. And yet he's just, I just chose at the beginning, like they started to feel like, oh, these are annoying. Like they're disrupting our life. And then I'm like, wait, we just have to embrace the season. This is something so bizarre. Um, We need to invite God into Mm. this. Like we need to just be okay with going to a million appointments. And when we're walking the halls of a of the hospital with three children in tow. And you know how the stress is rising. Of course, yes, I do. You're like, Holy Spirit, I want to meet you here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Wow. So it's, I, we have seen him so faithful this year. And he has been so merciful because if there wasn't something like the hearing loss situation we dealt with at the beginning of the year, we never, ever would have found out about long QT. It's like, we would never have had genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And so- Instead of like seeing it in a negative light, I feel like mm-hmm. we're going, thank you for your mercy to reveal that, Lord. And maybe mm-hmm. our kids then will not go go through what Shane went through, you know, 18 years ago and what so many other families have much mm-hmm. more tragic stories than yeah. ours and find out from very sad circumstances. And we did not find out that way, which is amazing. God revealed it to you. Gently and kindly, even though maybe at the moment it didn't feel that way, but you can, you know, look ahead and and see that. And, yeah. um, you know, I I I love your attitude, um, of shifting the you shift the narrative. You know that that you could, like you said, be going into these appointments, and it's like uh, how hard this is and how yeah. challenging this is. But something I love about you is that. You know, like even when you come into community group every week, you even if you've had something really hard happen, you come in joyful. You, come, you do. You come in joyful. And so how have you um, chosen? I mean, it's a choice, you know, as mm-hmm. to whether you're going to to have that, see the flip side and see that, see the positives of this. How do you go about doing that? You know, if you're talking to someone, maybe another parent who is, experiencing some of the same things, maybe different diagnoses, but it's just, it just feels like they're getting slammed over and over and yeah. over again. You know, how has choosing joy helped you through this? How many ever, how many appointments did you say? 100, 189. 189 appointments. Well, I think gratitude. We talk about that mm, a lot on community yes, group. Huge. And sometimes I go to bed and I'm laying there and I'm about to fall asleep. And it just helps to end the day thinking of like 10 totally. things I'm thankful for. Yes. That yeah. changes the way I think about the day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think just turning it back into trusting God's writing a good story, knowing that he knows all these details and I don't always understand why they're part of our lives or when he reveals them, but just choosing to trust that he is writing a good story in our lives. And I was asking him, why reveal this in such a short period of time? Uh, like slam us, like we're just getting slammed, you know? And I felt like he was kind of comical in a really sweet way to me. And and I just felt like he had said, well, I know how you work. Like if you got a little bit of information, mm. you would want to hear it all. And I just giggled because I was like, you're so yeah. right, God. Like <laughs> to give me tiny bits here and there, it's not really the way I would want to absorb mm. the information. And so even knowing that he's being personal with me, even though it felt like I'm getting slammed, yeah. I'm also getting information fast, quickly, and then I can process it and you know know where we're going from here. So He's been very personal with it. And I think mm. that helps knowing that he's a personal God mm-hmm. and he cares about our stories. And if we can put on the lenses that he's involved and with us mm-hmm. and he cares instead of switching it into like offense and anger and accusing him of the circumstances, mm-hmm. um, then we can find joy in our circumstances, even when they're hard. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you've been part of the community group, you know, for several months now. And so what is it that you enjoy? Why? Wh- how has the community group been impactful for you, um, especially during this really hard season that you've been in? It's been awesome. It's been so great to be able to have a place to come where you know everyone else is walking a maybe slightly different journey, but you have something very much in common. And even just knowing that other people are going through similar circumstances is comforting to the soul, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think a lot of times moms, they live lives maybe in isolation and don't know when it's, don't know that other people are going through similar things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when someone's having a child with a total meltdown in a store, right? Now I just want to go to them and go, I I totally understand. And like, how can I help you? You know? Um, and so it, it kind of has that feeling with a community group mm-hmm. of like, we all get it, you know? And yeah. so it's nice to come around with others that understand, but that's not the the sole thing we talk about. We right. talk about things we're thankful for and mm-hmm. we do a Bible study. So we're like pointing it at the Lord and yeah. at the word. And so I love that because I always leave with far more energy for the day and joy yeah. and remembering the word and God in the midst of my crazy day mm-hmm. and thankfulness. And so that's always very energizing for me. Well, I've I've enjoyed um getting to know you through the group. And, and it's funny because of where we, we you have a certain spot that you usually in your home <laughs> that you have to go sit because it, you get the best internet connection. Yes. And so we're like, okay, she's, I think it's in a closet or something, or is it's it by my door against by the your wall. door? Yeah. And so we'll see you sitting there and you've got your um what is the hook thing you My have? My muscle hook. Your muscle hook. And you're working the muscles out and you're listening and you're 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 part of what we're doing. And it's so fun. But you always come in, like I said, even if it's been a really hard and challenging time, you you flip it and you you see the joy and you see how God is guiding you. And 
And that is a choice that we have to make. Um, we can either focus on how hard it is, and and it is hard. We're, not, we're you're not denying that all of those doctor's appointments, no. <laughs> um, you know that that's just been you know a barrel of fun. No, that's not what you're saying. But no. you're saying I'm I'm choosing choosing to see the positives and the joys that that ha- and how God is showing up. Yes, because I find I really don't like when someone kind of has all the right answers and Mm -hmm. you know that they're forcing the right positive answer, Uh but not the genuine heart. Like how are they actually doing? So in no way do I feel like you need to have the right answer or choose the joy and ignore the the real feelings. No, like start at, the Lord knows how we feel and he knows what we think. And I find it so, so beneficial just to be genuine with people. Mm -hmm. So like start there and then the Lord can transform those things into joy, you know? So true. So true. Well, you've talked about this all throughout the episode, but what are some of the ways that you rise above all these hard things that you face day in and day out? Uh, surrender. I think that's one of my like mm-hmm. key words of my life is just surrendering to the Lord, knowing that He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so being and walking in his will and being obedient is the safest place to be. Mm-hmm. And so just surrendering when we don't understand, that brings us back into that close communion with the Lord versus feeling like questioning or accusing mm-hmm. him, like I had mentioned before. And I think keeping a big, big picture view of like the story that God is writing, mm-hmm. the story that he has in the word, the promises that this is just a moment. And one day every tear will be wiped away. Every sickness, yes, you know, every diagnosis will be gone. Mm-hmm. And we have great things to look forward to. Yes. And so remembering the big story, mm-hmm. he is coming, you know, and Amen. <laughs> this is a moment yeah. in time, yeah. you know, for us to actually just have hearts that mm-hmm. are in the right place. Yeah. That heaven focus and uh, realizing this is not Uh, how it's going to be forever. You know, that things are going to be made new and I cannot wait uh, for that day. Well, Christy, thank you so much for your time. I loved getting to hear more about your story and you're such an encouragement um, and and such a blessing. And I just really appreciate you and your kind, sweet heart. And uh, I look forward to being back with you in community group. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, Joy can be found in every story.